She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. where the clothes were always put and he always asked me and they were always there. That <laughs> was so annoying. That was really annoying. Okay, look, I think that was an urgent enough problem <laughs> that it warranted interrupting you for it. It's not that I want to murder you. It's just like... I, I, it's just like, for shame. For shame. Anyway, so, boundaries. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so it's like awakening the dark, the darkness, you know, like. Okay, at nine o'clock, you and I in the bedroom. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god! Nine o five. We're done. <laughs> nine ten. I'm on to my day. <laughs> Oh, Julie Roxanne. We have a new review. Well, what are you doing? Read it. (laughs) Well, first off, they gave us five stars. They? So far, we only have five-star reviews. I'm so honored. It's so awesome. This is titled Vibrating Voices, and it's by Alexandra Mary Airy. And I'm going to read it. Alistair and Julie Roxanne, from all of me, thank you. You have bring me comfort and connection, which has been so needed throughout a time of social isolation. With our most recent pandemic, COVID-19, I've been given a new job within the hospital I work at. Typically each day on my way from home, I listen to your podcast. My normal routine has been thrown off. Today, I put your podcast while working at my new job and was instantly brought to tears upon hearing your voices. That's what this podcast has become to me. Your voices, your lives, your thoughts, ideas, passion, and love vibrate through each episode. Listening to today's episode made me feel reunited with friends. Thank you for using this platform to bring inspiration, laughs, and learning always. Couldn't recommend the Far Out Couple more. They're absolutely amazing. Wow. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) This is so beautiful. This is like... Alexandra, we love you beyond words. Yes, we do. Thank you so much for that beautiful review, Alexandra. Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of Far Out Podcast. Hello and welcome. <laughs> What she said. Man, hi. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we are answering a question that a dear friend asked us. Yes. And it's about uh, basically how do we not kill each other by, you know, living and working constantly together? Yeah, and we thought this would be a pretty appropriate time to talk about that. Yeah. We suspect a lot of you are stuck at home with your spouse and uh, we hope that there's something in there that's going to help you navigate this time. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
I don't think that one's gonna stick. Uh, yeah, maybe not. But I guess it was a nice change. Hi, Oster. Hey, Julie Roxanne. Hello, beautiful listener. Hey. Well, we have a this couple is updates. A new day. Yeah, we have a couple of updates before we get into it. First off, we're still locked in Guatemala. The borders are closed. Uh, there's a curfew after four. It's a mandate that we have to wear masks when we're outside. Market's running three days a week, I think. So I honestly feel really happy. Yeah, things are great. <laughs> things I mean, are slow. For us. Things are yeah. slow for us. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely affecting uh, some of our friends and family, and that's that's tough. Yeah. It's hard to hear. Yeah. Um, but this is uh, not a bad place to wait it out. Yeah, and actually, maybe this is a good place to insert what happened since we published the Anita episode, because it's kind of related. Yeah, so Anita was, was that episode 73? 72. 72. Anita, uh, don't ask why me, ask for what. That's the podcast episode. Anita is a Mayan entrepreneur here in San Pedro, the town we live in, and she is incredible. Her story is absolutely inspiring, and she has a deep embodied wisdom that is shocking considering her age which is early 30s it's, it's probably the episode we've received the most feedback on yeah. every it seems like a lot of the people who have listened have reached out to us to tell us how inspired they've been left feeling if you need a heart warmer or just like a, a general uh lifter upper yeah. yeah go listen to that episode it's hard to come out of it not having the feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason we're sharing this is because we have an update is that that podcast episode so far, has raised $800 for Anita. And just to like put that in perspective, that's a massive amount of money in, in Guatemala. That's a huge amount of money. That's probably more money than a lot of the population here makes in a year. That's yeah. a guess. But there's a very poor contingent here. And she sent us a bunch of pictures. She's Because she's basically, she's this major force in the community. And yeah. she's been making masks we bought a few of her masks she's making them with her women's Mm -hmm. co-op and giving them away to the community for people who can't afford the masks which cost about 50 cents yeah and she's also buying uh staples like net all the necessities food wise and handing them out to families who can't afford to feed themselves because they've been hit so hard by the quarantine and the lack of tourism and all those things yeah she sent us pictures yesterday she told us that with about five hundred dollars she's been able to feed 20 families and that for two weeks for two weeks that there she's distributing baskets she's turned her co-op into a basket food basket making situation they're all working with masks and making sure that the community has food and 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 staples to survive this time it's incredible anita is one of those people where you meet her and she she's such a force for good and you can't imagine what the community would would be like if she wasn't there because she's doing so much and in that feminine way right like where it's so supportive and it's like the glue of the community, yeah, right? You you giving, may not. It's just giving back all the time. Another thing she's doing, which some of the money that's been raised has also gone toward, is she's funding children's education who can't afford it because it's free up to a certain point. But even up to that point, kids drop out because they can't afford school supplies, yes. which is like not a lot of money a year mm-hmm. by Western standards, but is a lot there. And then at a certain extent, uh, after I think seventh or eighth grade or somewhere around there, they have to start paying for school and they drop out there too. And Anita has been funding children so that they continue to get an education. And when you see what an education can do for, like Anita had an education and what that can do for a community, it's absolutely absolutely mind-blowing. So that's another thing that some of the funds have gone toward. And what I would say is like, you meet Anita 
and you just want to give her money because you know that she is so embedded in the community, she knows exactly where it needs to go to make the biggest impact. Yes. It's really, really incredible. She's one of those people where it's just like, you just want to hand her cash and tell her, do whatever you think is best. Yeah, that's true. And like, if if this is you, if you've listened to the episode and you want to like support what she's doing right now for the community during this pandemic and the lockdown... Please reach out to us. There's a link on on her episode's show notes, but we've been told that she she has to pay a certain fee on that it's like, money. It's like eight percent. So if you reach out to us, if you would like to contribute, we will send you pictures of what she's doing and yeah. give you a little bit more of the backstory. We're in and, contact with her, and we will forward the money directly to yeah, her. If you send us the money, we will give it to her in cash, so she gets all of it and yes. she can start using it immediately. So that's the second update. And it's just been, uh, it's incredible. $800. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm I was shocked. I'm, I was shocked I'm, that that happened. Yeah. And uh, I feel amazing that uh, we have those kind of listeners. Yes. Thank you, Thank you. so much Thank to you those for, that donated. We're so grateful. This is so important and so impactful. Well, moving on from that update, we have a more, I was, I want to say less important, but that's not true. It's very important to us. We have a new patron. Yes. And you may have heard her already. She left a review at the beginning of this episode. Her name is Alexandra Alexandra. Airy. And we got to know this beautiful soul for the first time last year. She came on our Yosemite retreat with Mm. us. And then later on, actually around the beginning of this year, I actually worked with her. She went through my financial empowerment, financial freedom. I call it my mindful money program. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all about helping people take control of their finances, gain clarity, and start to live the life they want. That's the basic idea. She went through that program too. And I have to say that it has been such a privilege to get to know Alexandra and to watch her over, like her journey over the last year because she is an amazing young woman and she's making major, major moves. She's incredible. And she's really inspiring. Yeah. She is part of the women's circle that I lead, one of the women's circles that I lead. And she's... she's I think she's also signed up for, for my typology workshop too. So she's all over the place. She's all over the place. We we feel so grateful that you're in our life, Alexandra. And we feel so grateful that you are now officially a patron. Welcome to the club. With your perks, you have access to all the exclusive content. And she actually sent me an email recently saying, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't join sooner. The content is awesome so yeah that's uh that's the update thank you so much for <laughs> supporting you. the podcast alexandra and thank you to all of our patrons that are supporting this podcast and helping us bring it out every it's month it's really helping us a lot yes so today we actually have a question from a patron danny you might have heard us shouting out to him a couple episodes back. Danny's a good friend of ours. We've interviewed him on the podcast and we will link the episode in the show notes at thefaroutpodcast.com because uh, Danny's awesome. He's so wise. He's got quite a story. Life experience to the max. And that's yeah. just so inspiring. And the question he asked us, so that's part of his perks as a patron. He gets to ask us a question and we answer it on the podcast, which we love to do. Yeah. And usually we just answer it at the beginning and then move on. But yeah. we thought this question was meaty enough that perhaps we could do an episode on it. Totally. So here is the question. As a couple who lives and works together pretty constantly, have you been able to shorten the inevitable cycle of annoyance? How have you done that? I just want to just want to mention that I think Danny's been married for something crazy like 40 years. 40 plus. 40 plus He's, years. Yeah. 
So I'm not even sure if we know about the cycle of annoyance that he's talking about, uh, you know, one year into our marriage. It could be that we have no idea what he's talking about yet. It could be. It could be. But that's that's the question. And I do love that question because it is so appropriate. I feel like a lot of people right now are stuck at home with their spouse in, and that's never been the case for them. And Okay, we're only a year into our marriage, but we have quite the experience already and we've like we've been together 3 years and we've been together almost constantly for 3 years. Yes, this quarantine thing that you're dealing with with your spouse, we've specialized in that for 3 straight years. Yeah. We and lived we in a, love it. Yeah, we lived in a one-man tent together in yeah. the Himalayas in a little bungalow <laughs> on the beach in Sri Lanka in a in a caravan in in uh, the the forest, forest of forest. France. We lived in other people's caravans in Portugal. <laughs> and now we live in a, this house is luxurious because it, it has like more than one room. Yeah. yeah. And the other aspect is that we work together. Most of our work requires the other person or a lot of times it's very involved. Yeah. And also this is kind of an appropriate time for us to talk about our situation because we've been dealing with this a lot too and, yeah. and kind of working on it as well. So it's a process. It's an ever unfolding journey. There are times where we're uh, we're very good. Like right now, I feel like we're in a sweet spot. We've got it covered. So to answer Danny's question, we're pretty good. Even when it gets tough, we we're pretty good. Like the show, the, you know, we don't get annoyed. We don't yell at each other. We don't fight. Speak for yourself. I get annoyed. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I get annoyed too. But what I mean by that is like, we don't get into fights. We don't like, it doesn't turn yeah. into this really tense living situation where one of us is annoyed and that's all that is happening. I think we found hacks for, for managing it uh, that have, that have worked really well and allow us to cohabitate in a yeah. small space and work together in efficient and optimal ways. Another reason I love that question is because it is really hard. Like living with someone else constantly and working with them on top of it, whew, that's intense and that requires some tools. And uh, we do have some tools at this point that we've been using and some practices. And maybe the, the simplest way to approach this is to say, we are very and I mean very intentional about our time and the way that we spend our energy. And that's kind of the way, the the short answer to that question is how do we shorten the cycle of annoyance? We're super intentional about our time. Yeah, we put a lot of structure, uh, I think. uh, And and that's helped, a lot of boundaries and things like that. And I think when we were thinking about this question, it's like there's so many different ways we could go with it. Uh, But we wanted to focus on maybe one aspect of it that might be helpful for people listening now. Mm -hmm. And that was basically around time and energy management. Yeah, yeah. Which if you know, if you're a patron, you know how much we love about we love this. We've made a whole ebook on it. <laughs> we spent way too much time on that ebook, but it's great, by the way. So it, just, it is great. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe starting with on the work front, like there are simple but highly important things that we do and that I notice are not natural to other people. And, and sometimes people think it's a little funny. They're not natural to me either. I think the things we've had to develop as, as skills because we realized that not doing them was creating problems. Yes. And it was even hard to realize that that was what it was yeah. or that that would help solve the, the underlying issue. That's true. Uh, one of them is as simple as this. We, don't inter- we try not to interrupt each other during the workday. Yes. 
and we try to allow each other to be in their own work bubble because what we've realized is one, it's irritating to get interrupted when you're doing something. You should see Alistair's face when I interrupt him. It's oh. like it's like I re- <laughs> I honestly don't know if if imagine the face of someone who wants to kill you, but kill you in a gruesome kind of way. That's the way Alistair looks at me when I interrupt him. This is not as easy as it sounds to not interrupt each other during the work because you imagine like yeah. especially because we share work quarters. I mean. We don't have an office. We, we don't, don't have offices. Yeah. So we have three rooms we can work in, basically. We have the bedroom. We have the kitchen living room, which is kind of one open space. Yeah. And then we have the patio outside where we have two desks. And we both really like working on the patio. So a lot of times we're working together on the patio outside at our different desks. Yeah. And it's so hard because you're working on something. And, you know, if all you need to do is ask the other person, right? And it would just take a minute. Yeah. And then you would get your answer. But it's a bad habit because one, a lot of times, if you don't ask them, you could probably figure it out on your own. It's just faster to ask them, yes. right? So a lot of times it's a shortcut. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's tempting in that way. But the problem with this, besides it being annoying, is that shifting gears when you're in deep work, it's costly. You lose a lot of time and energy because if I take you out, if you're in a flow state mm-hmm. and I take you out of that to answer something totally out of left field. Yeah. You getting back into that state could take you 10 minutes, 15 minutes yeah. or more. Mm-hmm. You lose a lot of efficiency for that stupid little question that I pro- I might have been able to answer somewhere else. Or the other thing was probably wasn't urgent. It yes. pro- it's just like it's tempting because you're there, but it probably could have waited. So we've really started to put this in place, I'd say, since we got back from our, our ayahuasca retreat. So that's about three weeks ago. It is something that's taken us quite a bit of time to figure out. And then from figuring it out to implementing it, there's been a lot more time too, because it's, it's, as you say, it's so tempting. You're right there. I could just ask you the question. And I have memories of you and us in the caravan. Sometimes I think back to working with you full time in the caravan. And I don't fucking know how we did it. Like I just, I honestly <laughs> don't know how we did it. It was so taxing and I was so stressed all the time. And I now realize that this is because I didn't have enough space and structure around how, but we were just starting out. So of course there's no structure. It's chaos. And man, I would be working like 10, 12 hour days and, and we would interrupt each other all the time for creative ideas, things we could do, maybe an idea that just popped into our mind and we just wanted to throw it out when someone's doing completely something completely different. And the worst part, the worst of it is when Alistair has done, has finished his work day and he's taking a shower, he's coming out of the shower and he's like, uh, Babe, where are my socks? Like, I, I put them right here. Where are my socks? I'm like, God damn it, Alistair. You, you're in charge of where your clothes are. Jesus. There's like a place where the clothes were always put. And he always asked me. And they were always there. Just, that was so annoying. That was really annoying. Okay, look. I think that was an urgent enough problem that it warranted interrupting you for it. A man can't live without his socks. Yeah, just fucking look on the shelf that we built for you to put your socks on. (laughs) But yeah, no, that was, that was, um, that's an example, but that's what's happening when you interrupt someone, even when it is for work reasons. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And it fragments your, it fragments your attention. So the way we've solved this is we now, we don't interrupt each other unless it's important. I think we've also uh, gotten really good at 
reading energies. So I'm highly aware when you're in the flow and when you're not. It's obvious from your posture and the way that you stand in front of the computer. And if I if I pass behind you and I see that you're writing, I don't even need to know if you're in the flow or not. You're writing. I'm not interrupting you. Nothing pisses me off more when I get interrupted when I'm writing. It's so hard to get into a state where like your your mind's for me at least flowing and you're writing and yeah. there's a sense of inspiration. And when I get taken out of that, like you said, I just want to murder somebody. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, usually the person... doesn't matter if the house is on fire. Yeah. I'm Like, that's not a good enough reason yeah. to stop me from writing. Yeah. You know, like, so... I think, but I think this is, this is really important because we live in a culture that is highly structured around interruption all the time. Yeah. We have phones going off. We have 15 different applications that are sending us notifications at all times because, because you can be available to people through 15 different applications and that is just madness that's another thing we won't discuss that too much but this is something we spend a lot of time being mindful about and, and I, I would go, yeah i would credit a lot of our creativity a lot of our ability to create things yeah. and produce things around just the fact that we've removed as many distractions and interruptions as we can yeah. this all comes down to and a couple of the other things we're going to talk about here is boundaries yeah. it's all about setting boundaries and that's actually very difficult thing to do. It's very difficult to even know when you need to set a boundary. Yeah. And then it is can be very hard to set the boundary. And then it can be very hard to respect the boundary. Yes. They're all hard. And I think that where I was going with this phone thing is I feel like we are in a world where people expect you to respond right away. And so there's this sense of urgency. And so sometimes, for instance, I remember a, a few, not that long ago, where we would receive a text on a group text and you had not, your phone is not with you. So you haven't seen the text, but the text is for you or like directed at something you need to do. I read the text, but it's not my thing. I can't do anything about it. A few weeks ago, I probably would have come up to you and said, or maybe not a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I would have come up to you and said, hey, there's the text and you probably need to check it. Unless I know for a fact that it's urgent and that you need to respond in the minutes, I won't come and do, and do that for you now. Because if if I know that it's, if I know that you can respond to that later today, whenever you check your phone again, then I'll let it be. And you can discover that for yourself at the appropriate time with the appropriate medium. Because if I come and interrupt you, it's it's a much different experience. And that's also respecting my boundaries, right? Yes. Because me not being with my phone is often intentional. Yes. And so if you come and tell me what's on my phone, that just takes down the whole the whole idea. Yes, yes. Another example of this is if I get a message on my phone, sometimes I'm more available by phone throughout the day than Alistair, or, or, or I'll get an email that implies something that we need to do together or that Alistair needs to act on. So like, I get this information in the middle of my day and I can't communicate it to Alistair, but I want to because then it's off my it's off my head, right? It's like no longer my problem. This is where we send each other emails. So I know it might sound ridiculous. We're next to one another, uh, like a meter away, not even social distancing with our desks. And I send him an email because then it's on his court and he can walk, he can read it whenever he needs to read it and whenever he's available to read it. Like boundaries around that and using the appropriate medium to communicate is so important. Yes, using the appropriate medium because it doesn't have to be an email. It might also be like a shared document where we're, we're going to revisit or whatever. 
or, or you could even write it in a notebook like yes. or to talk to Alistair about yes. later. Uh, well, it doesn't really matter, but you just using the appropriate medium and just not just spewing information as, yes. as it shows up. And I think all this comes around respecting the other's workday and, yes. and, and respecting their mental space and not just blasting them with a fire hose of information whenever whenever you feel like and just like having the kind of discipline I guess to not follow that urge because I have it all the time yeah. you know like sometimes like I just have a funny thought or like yeah. I see it we a used cat. to do that so much I think back to those days in the caravan and maybe even a few months ago since we've been here we used to do that so much right we'd interrupt you because there were birds on the clothesline and it's like these days we try, I, I don't do that anymore. It's If you were meant to see the birds, you're going to look up at that point and I'm just going to point to them in silence and we're not going to talk. But I think that's so important. And honestly, I am so sensitive to these, like this kind of fire hose of information that sometimes comes out. Like you, you're very creative and, and you start your day like, like you get off, you get up from bed and your day's started. Like your, your brain is activated. It takes me a few hours to like get to a place where I actually want to receive information. And sometimes like that's another piece is we, we respect the boundaries of when we start the workday. So for instance, the signal for me is I'm at my desk. My computer is open. I've, I've turned on my phone. That happens. Like that happens when I want it to happen. And, and that is the signal that maybe you can start talking to me about things. Cause I usually start my day these days with about an hour of catching up on emails and messages and acting on the things that have, that are asked of me in these messages or emails. And so like, that's a place where I'm responsive for talking about organization and actions we need to take together. Yeah. So we have bookends yeah. we, we, and we both kind of know what they are at the beginning of our day. And at the end of the day yeah. where we're open, where we're, we're doing work and we're in a work mode Yeah. and to the best, I, I know some, <laughs> sometimes I fail at this more than <laughs> you and I, the face I get when I tell you about something work related and you're still making breakfast, it's like, Oh man, it makes you, you're just like, Oh, I should never have done that. Like, <laughs> it's just it's like it's just it's it's terrible it's like there's been a murder yeah yeah it's not that i want to murder you it's just like it's just like for shame anyway boundaries so so it's awakening the dark the darkness you know like everything from hell comes through your eyes in that moment but so so like yeah, just realizing when someone hasn't entered their workday and realizing when someone's leaving their workday. Because we've talked about transitions, but there's also that transition into work, right? Mm. Which is like, it's brutal. And it can be really stimulating if if you're pulled into work yeah. or pushed into work, right? We've all had that experience. It's not fun. Yeah. We, and it can be, that can be like very stressful in a way, right? Yeah. Because you're just not totally mentally geared or physically prepared yeah. for that. On the other end, when you're trying to wind down, that's a process too, right? Like it can be hard to wind down, especially when you work and live in the same place. It's not like I have a commute in which I can personally wind down. So if that's not respected and you start talking, you rev up my brain again when I'm trying to like bring it down after a day of work, I can keep me spinning. And yeah. all these things come back to energy is that over the like maybe one day that's that's forgivable right but if those are habits uh, and patterns that we we have 
like we get exhausted. Yeah. Like we will not have the energy to do the quality of work that we know we can do. So all these things are for a bigger purpose, which is a higher quality of work, a higher productivity and creativity on uh, the way we think about it. Like this actually delivers more. Yeah. It's kind of counterintuitive in that way is actually like less and like bracketing these things yeah. actually creates a lot more and not only more in a quantitative sense, but in a qualitative sense, yeah. the, the, the quality of our days is much better when we're able to respect these things, but damn, is it hard? It's so tempting still knowing that all the time yeah. It's so tempting to, because they're invisible boundaries in a way, right? Like they take some kind of willpower or something and they're still settling in for us. Like they're, they're, some of these are new. I think there are things we're learning over time. And so like, they're not always just second nature. Yeah. And, and one other one that goes in this category is setting meetings. Yes. We set meetings for things. So, the, and then if you create boundaries, but then you don't give space for things, they're going to burst through the boundaries, yes. right? So the other aspect of this is you kind of have to have like uh, pressure release valves, right? Or like or spaces where you do get to talk about those yes. things. And so it's intentional in that way. It's like you have an, and then, and then you have the ability to talk about all those things probably in a more productive way because you're both there mentally. Yeah, because you both choose to be there. Yeah, you both, exactly. You've both chosen to be there and you both have the energy, like it, the 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 creativity is going to be there. The spirit's going to be there. And then you can make a lot more progress in a lot shorter time. And yeah. so you actually get more of your time Yeah. and you get more energy. It's hard to see, but it's uh, it's kind of revolutionary. Yeah. And I think so. I, I like what you say about like how this is related to, you know, higher quality of creativity, higher quality of, of workday and productivity. But to me, I, I even take it a step further. So we, we mentioned the word energy. I feel like there is energy in the sense of the energy that you have to get through the day, right? Like how you gain your energy back from sleeping or resting or whatever, like that kind of energy. But then there are energies, like vibes and and things that you emit from from where you are and how you're doing and your moods we've gotten much better and i'm i'm willing to say pretty good at reading those energies more and more i think my personality types make, makes me even more receptive and more able to read those energies than you maybe i don't know if you agree with that but like maybe not you don't uh, seem to know well that, that's I, I don't want to go down that road <laughs> let's not go down that road but anyway so we've gotten really good at reading those energies and what that means is that means we have preset boundaries like this idea for instance of you don't talk to me about work until my computer is open in front of me that's that's a pretty tangible boundary but then there's also the the more energetical boundaries that we put in place where I will walk in the, the I, I just got a great news. I just got something really cool that I want to share with Alistair. I'm outside. He's working inside. I walk in the living room and instantly as I step foot in the living room, our two energies like collide because I'm like excited. And then you're like fucking working, 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 working. And I'm like, okay, not going to work, not going to work. I'm not going to get the result I want by telling you now, and you're not going to enjoy the interruption and you're not even going to enjoy the news I have. Yeah. So it's, it's, like it's kind not of like, worth it. yeah, it would be sabotage, right. On yes. both fronts, because exactly. Neither, 
you wouldn't give me a chance to celebrate it. Yeah. And and I probably would like to celebrate it, just not at that moment. Yeah. And then you don't, and then you would come out of it feeling frustrated or neglected or not heard or seen or like, why is he being such a dick? This is so important to me. Yeah. So I think just realizing that the timing on those things, that there is a timing to it, can be really helpful. And then we can both kind of celebrate at the yes. right at the right time. Yes. And so I think like reading those energies and and one of the things that has helped us a lot in that in that journey has been uh, our, our experiences with psychedelics that has been beyond powerful. If you to- want to start developing an awareness of energy you can start ingesting psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we did not recommend that you just ingest psychedelic. That is not what we recommended for uh, for uh, legal purposes. It's just something We're, you could do. It's something you could do. No, but seriously, it's been it's been incredible for us. And it's like taught us so much on how to relate and how to, you know, it's like sometimes you... Before, I used to have a lot more permeability it's like the ener- your energies would affect me a lot more. Now I'm, I feel like I'm able to hold up my kind of energetical space of, okay, we just woke up, you're already reading and excited, and I'm just going to lie in bed for another half hour while kind of daydreaming about how cool life is and how I like being in the sheets and how comf- comfortable it is. Very different energies. We're in the same bed. Like you're reading in, the, in bed, and I'm, but there is a possibility to not, Engage. There is a possibility for some like impermeability. Can you say that? Like, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. So I think that's an important aspect of boundaries, right? Is it's also a way to manage your. It's like well, it mainly is a way to manage your state, but it's so that you don't receive things that are going to be counterproductive or are not for not yours. Yes. Right? Like yes. so. Going back to psychedelics and energy for a second, I think a good kind of metaphor for this for those that are for the uninitiated is it's kind of like wine, right? Mm. Like when you first start drinking wine, it's like, okay, that's wine. Yeah. And you have like maybe red wine and white wine and perhaps you like them both, right? And and that's about all you know. But if you, as you start going, as a lot of us have with, with wine, you start to notice all of the, di- and especially if you become trained in wine, yeah. right? Like if you're a sommelier. 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 En français, monsieur. En français. Sommelier. Sommelier. Yeah. So if you're, if you're sommelier. <laughs> 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 you look like a turtle. Sommelier. Okay. All right. All right. But if you go down that road, right, like <laughs> there's all these different nuances to wine where it's grown, the region, the type of plant it is, yeah. how much sun it gets, the moisture, the different notes of like fruits and whatever. Yeah. All this stuff matters. And all of it, like you can tell there's many, many, many layers. Well, it's like that with energy, too. And uh, psych- psychedelics has helped us get a better perspective vocabulary for those different energies where they become a lot more apparent yeah and you can start working with them more and you can start noticing when they're there and and so you start to develop relationships with these and that is really useful and it makes it not only more obvious to both of us just without having to talk about it but it also makes it so much more available for discussing you know like the other day i can't remember what was going on but i think you you were in a maybe lower energy and I was like higher like and and I started I tried to tell you something 
which was a lack of reading your energy on my part, or at least the desire to share how I was doing this, like with respecting where you were at, but wanting to share how my day was going, which was it's like, great. Yeah. It's like your energy's bubbling over, right? Yeah, and you, yeah. you want to share that with someone else. Yeah. And, and like, and you told me something and you said like, Hey, we're in very different energies right now. So I can't really receive that. And that felt a little bit of a bummer for me, but it was easy to, easy to understand. I didn't have to go into this whole thing of like, man, he's such a dick. Why can't he be happy for me? Like, this is such a great day. And all the things that could happen, right? And to some extent, parts of me still go through the motions, but I'm able to stop that inner voice a lot earlier because we have this ability to communicate about it. Yeah. Yeah. So being, being where, when we're in different energies and being able to communicate that to the other person, the other person understanding what that means has one allowed us to celebrate and share those energies more when it's appropriate. And it's also helped us avoid a lot of conflict yes. and these things that drain our energy where we get into these little tiffs, right? Yeah. Like these, these fights or all these things that can kind of derail you, right? Yeah. And take away from your focus or it can kind of simmer or, or kind of smolder over the long term, right? And slowly kind of pull your energy if like you sit with it and you're holding like kind of coals in your belly about yeah, something. Yeah. All these things uh, we're able to avoid to a certain level and uh, it makes it makes it much easier. Yeah, and I think another piece around the boundaries and all the work things that we've mentioned, another one that we didn't mention was when we notice that someone's, that we're in a maybe porous energy vibe and that we will receive some of the other person's energy a bit too much and that's distracting just by sitting next to one another, then we can remove ourselves and work in a different workspace. Sometimes if one of us is feeling a bit low or needing to be really creative and uninterrupted and needing a closed space, we will, one of us will come and work in the bedroom it's not ideal because we don't have a desk in here so we have to work on the bed which depending on what you have to do is not great but it's a place that we know is closed and we can have the space and kind of populate it with our energies that that we need to be with yeah so i think all of this is about self-awareness becoming aware of how we're feeling and what we need in the moment and then it's also shifting to a perspective of energy management and not just managing the energy we get on a daily basis, but also managing the different types of energies that show up for us and for, for you. Yeah. And all that really, really helps us uh, kind of navigate our our days. And I think by doing that, we're able to spend a lot more time in, in what I would call a higher vibration uh, state where we're like, maybe more open, more curious, more uh, receptive to things of life and, and available for joy and all these things. Because if we manage our energy levels and our energies with b- proper boundaries throughout the workday, I, I know that's how it feels for me. At the end of the day, I'm a lot less drained. I'm a lot higher vibration. And therefore, there is a lot less space for me to get annoyed at you. Because the times where I'm going to get really triggered by something you're doing, which which we can refer to as annoyance, but I think it's it's mine. Like you're doing something, but I'm reacting to it. It comes from being tired, not having had enough rest, not having had enough like self time. And and when I notice that, that makes it really easy to want to work towards those higher vibration states because then I'm not. 
I'm less at the effect of these reactions. I'm more able to pause and use my mindfulness toolkit and, and not react to what's going on. And when we're both practicing this, things feel a lot less adversarial mm. and a lot more kind of, okay, we're on the same team. It's like more co-creative. Yeah. Uh, it's more of a partnership. And we also it's have more of a dance. And we also have way more energy available for communication, which is really, it takes energy. It takes a lot of, sometimes it takes a lot out of us. Sometimes we'll have two hours conversations about something that's going on in our relationship that is feeling a little blocky or like that we, that we need to work through. Man, we're exhausted afterwards. Like yeah. it's tiring. So in my yeah. mind, you can almost think about like, well, you could spend that time fighting and just like clashing with each other yeah. and not really, you're not communicating, right? You're just kind of battling. Yeah. And that takes a ton of energy, right? And and holding a position of who's right and wrong takes yeah, a lot of energy. Yeah, you're super tense, right? And yeah. it could go on for a long time too. Um, yeah. So it's a big black hole in yeah. your day. Or you can take that time and energy for actually trying to communicate perspective share and and to the extent you can, if you if you recognize things, resolve conflict and problems. Yes. That takes a similar amount of energy, but it's much more constructive and there's much more reward to it. Yeah, so much more reward. It's it's just growth. The other piece of this being intentional about time and energy is, and I think we, we fell into that maybe a little bit earlier on in our journey, is uh, the work takes on so much space that then there's no more, there's like, we're work mates. But then, or colleagues, and 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 we think about work all the time, and there's no time for actual leisure and reconnecting. There's there's kind of a temptation to rationalize it this way, where you say, "Oh, well, we work together all day, so we're spending our time together all day." Yeah. So like, you don't need other forms of it, right? Like, yeah. it's foolish. Even when I say it, I was like, "Oh, that sounds foolish." But when you get, it can be harder when you're in it, and it's like, "Oh, well, we work all day," and we, and especially if you're not managing your time well or your energy well, and you need to work all day you can kind of use that as an excuse for like, well, we're spending time together. Yeah. So we don't need to intentionally set up other forms of time yeah. together. Actually, just reacting to what you said or responding, it's interesting because I think if you had asked me maybe a couple of months ago, I would have told you, yeah, we work together all day. These days, I'm less inclined to say that. I feel like we both have our work days. We can meet up. We rarely meet up for lunch, although that happens. Uh, we can meet up at different times if, if either we have a meeting that's scheduled or, or we, there's something that's going on in your work day that you want to run by me and we make sure that we make some time for that. And, or there are the days where are, that are more uh, far out focused or where actually we need to work together. Like Wednesdays and Thursdays are kind of our far out days. And uh, it's it's interesting because we still work next to one another and we still have shared common projects and kind of big picture visions that are similar. But it seems like we have our, our different we do, I feel like we don't work together all day anymore. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like an open office. Yes, almost. yes. Like that's kind of the vibe it feels like during the day. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think one other trick that I learned really early from working in an open office yeah. when I was the manager and uh, everyone would just come up to me and interrupt me all day for like questions and stuff. Terrible. One of the ways like, and, and I couldn't really, like I couldn't shut my door or anything, right? Yeah. Like there's a couple ways to solve this. One is you stop solving their problems. You just... <laughs> You just flip it back on them. <laughs> and, you, and then they get annoyed. They're like, oh, I don't want to ask him because he's going to just ask me. And then yeah. I have to figure it out. So that's a good 
trick if you're a manager. Oh, that's what you did to me. Oh, my <laughs> God. I just... <laughs> I'm just connecting the dots to like like maybe a year back or something. Oh my god. Yeah. If you start Sneaky. solving people's problems, they'll keep coming. <laughs> so so that's one that's one thing you Because I rem- I remember thinking like after a while just thinking, oh, I'm not gonna ask him, he's gonna tell me to do that. I should do that right away. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's how you train employees. <laughs> So, apparently that's also how you train your wife. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not an employee, but I'm, yeah, that works. That works. Good so, you, yeah, use that to your own... Uh, Useful, too, because yeah. now I can solve my own shit yeah, most so of the time. Use so. it with your spouse. There no. you go. Tell me how it works. But don't tell them I told you that. <laughs> the other thing you can do, which is a little bit more tactical, is uh, I started wearing really obvious headphones, like big can type head, over-the-ear headphones. Yeah. And you know what? Most of the time, I wasn't even listening to music. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just that because if someone, and this I, this is a habit I still have, is I'll wear them all the time because it's almost physically trained me. If, like, if I feel them on my ears, it's kind of like when I light incense when I'm working, too. It's like yeah. if I smell the incense, these are triggers where I know they put me in deep focus because yeah. when I do those things, I'm usually in deep focus working. Yeah. So when I need to get in that state, I'll do it. So there's actually like double benefits here is because it actually also puts me in the states I'm trying to get into. It helps me focus more. Yeah. It's kind of an environment that really helps. But the other thing and part of the reason I started doing this in the beginning is that it's a lot more awkward to interrupt someone who's listening to music because then you have to like get their attention. Like you can't just say like, hey, Bob. Bob, I you know, and then, and then ask. It's like, oh well, I I can ignore you, even though I can hear you. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, ignore yeah, you, yeah. and it's going to be socially okay because I got headphones on, buddy. <laughs> you need to come up to me and ask me. This 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 layer of effort will will cut down the interaction by 50, 60, 70 percent because true. they'll always be like, is this is this big enough for me? To interrupt them. Yes. Um, yes. So that's a really helpful trick. And we do that a lot too. We both wear headphones. Yeah, I think for both of us at this point, it has more to do with the trigger because I tried to work without them the other day. It was so weird. I I didn't get anything done. I tried for 10 minutes and then I was like, why am I trying? Just put the headphones on. And I was just curious, like, can I work without them? I can't. So Sometimes my headphones aren't even plugged in. I know. I'm just wearing them. They're not even plugged in. I like listen to music maybe two hours out of the week that's that's it the rest of the time i'm either not listening to anything or editing podcasts so like that and and i love it i love it too i think it's great and it does create a sense of separation so like that's that's a big piece a visual boundary yes it's it's helpful in that way yeah I think the the other side of this that that we've been getting better as well at, at putting in place. This question really came at a at a very appropriate time because I feel like we're nailing it these days, and it maybe wasn't the case just a couple months back. So yeah. like that's pretty cool. Um, we are very intentional about scheduling self time or rest time for for each for ourselves, and then also connection time time to connect. Yeah, th- these are both really important and i don't know it's like it's in the bible you know <laughs> seventh day you rest and you're and then i think i don't know maybe all entrepreneurs or at least us workaholics go through this period where you're like i'll oh, screw that i like you know i'll do a little bit here a little bit there yeah like i you it's like a constriction that you don't want you yeah. know and especially if you're kind of addicted to work mm-hmm. which i think a lot of us 
in these kind of realms of work, entrepreneurial or self-employed, yeah, like that. we have a really hard time admitting sometimes that uh, we have a problem and that we're addicted to work. And sometimes we're not, it's such a habit that we're just not able to get out of it. And we just fill all our, it's like, it's the thing we use to fill the void. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really unhealthy and that's going to lead to burnout sooner or later. Yeah. And also it's not very productive. It's not very useful because What you're doing on that seventh day could easily be done the rest of the week if you, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. If First off, there's that, which is that there's that... I forget the name of this rule. There's a management rule around this or a business rule, which is like, if you give people less time to get things done, they'll get it done. It's yeah. like, but the more time you give them, they'll, they'll fill up that space, it's right? It's that same thing as if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah. That's true. You're in that mindset of yeah. like, do, do, do. And so just like... We take off Sundays where it's just, we have to work on Saturdays because a lot of like social stuff, like teaching workshops and a lot of things that involve other people, it's usually a more relaxed day, but like there's certain things that really require it be a weekend and other people be off as yeah. well for some of the work we do. So Saturdays are kind of like that. And we will also be kind of loose during the week and sometimes schedule times in the middle of the week. Yes. It. So it's not like we're just always working, but at a very minimum, I think taking one day off a week for us, it's Sunday where it's like that day, like my business partner knows or the people we work with, like our, yeah, our yeah, producer, everyone knows, everyone knows we're not working on Sunday, even each other. And you know what? It's actually really hard to even force myself not to work on those days because if I'm have a good thing going, I want to keep working. Mm -hmm. Like there's momentum, you know, and like my mind's running, but it, I've consistently found That even though it's very difficult and I resist it, sometimes I resist it half the day, you know, yeah. having a full day off, the energy I get back, the creativity I get back, the productivity I have because of it, the quality of solutions, the quality of ideas that come during the week is so much better than when I don't do it. And It's hard to even admit that because then it's like, oh, well, I should always be. And I still struggle with this. It's still hard. It's so amusing to me that that, that this is what you're sharing because <laughs> because it almost sounds like a like a trying to convince other people that it's great to take time off. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Of course, it's good to take time <laughs> off. We need to be convinced. Oh my god! I don't know when it's you're so working fun. on stuff you care about, and it's like when it's creative and you enjoy it. It's sometimes not that easy to stop because it's the thing you love to do. Yeah, you know. But it's funny that you actually—it's cool because I—I'm—we I, don't always kind of meet up on how we think about these things, but seems like you take Sunday off. I take Saturday and Sunday off. It's just Saturday is the day where I use that day off where I don't go into my emails or any of that stuff. I don't do any of the rest of the work I do on the weekday. That's the day I do my kind of fun projects or my social interactions. So I will call my family. I will have women's circles on Saturdays. I will catch up with friends on Saturday. Like last week, that was actually a little too much, but it, it was the way it was. I had calls from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. I, I, I did the math. Throughout the day, I had eight hours of calls. Some of them I led, some of them socials. And like the next day I woke up, I was fried. I woke up, I turned off my phone right away. And I was just like, 
to hell with everyone, let me be alone. And I think that's that's the second piece of this. It's for me, Saturday is, okay, connecting, social, all that. And usually we're both still in kind of the zone. We don't really interact much on Saturdays. Then there's like Saturday evening, if we're feeling like it, maybe we'll watch a movie or something. But if, that's if it's rare. a real wild night, yeah. That's rare because, man, we struggle to find movies we want to watch together. That's a whole different topic. That's a whole different topic, but that never happens. Although, I mean, the last two nights we've been watching Friends Before Bed, which has been incredible and like <laughs> a dream come true for me. And uh, <laughs> and then Sundays, I find that for me, it's not so much about rest. It's like Sunday is my self-time day. It's the day where my phone is off. My computer is open only for watching movies and Netflix and and youtube and so I, I will like kind of go about my day how i want how i want i will read maybe 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 we'll link up and do something together but that's rare most of the time on sundays these days we take the day to ourselves and that has been possible because since i think we started a month ago we have now scheduled every monday morning to be our reconnecting time where it's our time. We start the week like that, which is awesome, by the way. It's It gives such a slow vibe to the rest of the week, or at least gives a good tone. We wake up whenever we want to, and we cuddle, and we make breakfast, and we maybe watch something in bed, and it's like, that's our time. So that makes it really cool, because I had a, a struggle when we started taking Sundays off, which in the beginning was just one day off, and, and that was that's never enough. For me, that's not enough, because I need at least two days where I'm away completely from my emails and all the work-related things. And... The fact that I know that we have Monday mornings together, now I can take Sundays completely to myself if I need to. And that's so rejuvenating. And I don't feel any guilt. It's like, I don't have all day this like, oh man, when are we going to do something together? When most of the time you end up reading all day and I'm in bed watching movies all day. Yeah. And I think I agree with you that I really need kind of two days. And usually Saturday is a pretty soft day. I might have a couple commitments, so I consider it a work day. Yeah, yeah. But it's usually maybe a coaching call or maybe where I'm leading a workshop or something like that. So the mornings will usually be fairly relaxed. And then sometime in the afternoon, evening, it's now the weekend. And then there's all Sunday. Like you said, Sunday is basically an unscripted day. It's yes. a day to play and explore and do what you want and not feel like you should be doing anything. Yes. So that's how it feels like rest because I'm not trying to force myself to do anything. I'll maybe lie in the hammock all day and read. I might go for a run or a walk or whatever, but there's no nowhere to be, nothing to do yeah. kind, of, kind of feel. Yeah. And then Sunday or Monday, like you said, we schedule time for ourselves. So I don't really start working again and then by that time there's only so many things you can do so it's a pretty casual day yeah, yeah, yeah. until the afternoon so it's still kind of two days it's just starts kind of saturday afternoon and ends yeah, yeah, monday yeah. afternoon and this scheduling time for ourselves has been really really helpful because yeah like you said before we didn't have that time and then it's like it was kind of like just kind of expecting like oh well it's just going to show up naturally right like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and there's a pressure to that like oh on sunday it's like oh we should be doing something together because otherwise we're going to go straight back into the work week yeah and now we've scheduled this time where we know we're going to have some time with each other and we will have time to connect and also mentally because it helps me prepare mentally because sometimes one person wants to connect and the other person doesn't right yes. and then there's a fear that maybe from the person who wants to connect, that 
there won't be time to connect, yes. right? And then there's the pressure from the person who's not wanting to connect that that like he has to do it now, mm-hmm. and that's not what's best for him. Yeah, I'm saying him, but it could be her. Yeah, and so scheduling time where we both take care of ourselves and do what we need for ourselves. And then also scheduling time where we take care of our relationship with each other has been huge. And it's crazy because we schedule that time and I imagine we're just going to like have breakfast together and it's going to be nice. And then all of a sudden we have these big conversations like, and we go, we we do real work Mm -hmm. like relationship work and communication and I really think it's because the time we know the time's there. Yes. Because it's an intentional time. It's it's fair play. And it's like what you said earlier. If you don't give the space, then those issues are going to come up and pierce through the boundaries. Now that we know that there's a weekly time that is set for taking care of our relationship and our marriage, whatever that may look like, if that looks like making pancakes and watching whatever a movie in bed, then that's great. And if that looks like having a tough conversation, then that will look like that. But the space is here and it can kind of, it's almost like the way I think about this. It's almost because the space is there, it creates the the possibility for that to happen. It's like if the space wasn't there, it wouldn't happen. Yes. And it would, and I think for me, it's, it's, it's just this idea of being very intentional with our time means be, being very intentional with our mind space. And I think that and giving space to everything. So having the work week to give space for work and being active in the world and making money. Then you have the sad for me, which is the Saturday, which is giving space to social interactions. They're not necessarily work related and that that still feel really nurturing and important. That That's the space there. Sundays are space for me, only me. And if me at some point during that day wants to connect with you and you also want to connect, then we can. It's not like strict or anything. As you said, Sundays are there's nowhere to be and nothing to do. And we can just kind of go with the day, which is awesome. And because then it's a really, really nice, neat space where nothing's expected. And it's one of those blank days. I love to call them like that. And then Monday, there's this space for both of us to reconnect and to to kind of start our week in this way of, hey, let's connect as a as a as a married couple and let's connect as a couple. And what does that mean for? And I think the beauty of it, which was not on purpose, but it just happens to be that way is we've taken care of ourselves the day before. Yes. So we kind of have a full tank. Yes. Uh, And and so I think that that really helps with Monday mornings. And you know what? I think some of the idea behind this. I can trace it back to Esther Peril and Mating in Captivity, which is a pretty fantastic book that she wrote. And she's like, she's a therapist for relationships, particularly I think sex is a big part of her work. Yeah, I think so. For couples, relationships, and and, but she talks a a lot about sex. And she made the point about sex where like a lot of us have this assumption that sex will just happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And that it'll just, that it should just be spontaneous and it should just happen. And her point was like, no, you need to schedule time for it. You need to schedule the time and energy for it to happen. And and a lot of people have resistance to that being like, well, that's like really methodical. It takes the magic out of it. And it's like, and her, and her whole point was no, if you don't, it won't happen. Actually, what I've found by scheduling this time in, which is not, it's for anything that needs to happen that day, including sex, if this is what needs to happen that day or that that feels right that we want it to happen that day. It just gives the space for it. Exactly. That we don't have to, to think you about it. You ex- can export 
Esther Perel's idea to anything. If yeah. you want to create time for play, yes. or if you would, if play is important to you and you'd like that to be a part of your life, yeah. you need to create time for it. And you yeah. need to protect that space because some of these things, right, are more subtle or sensitive or, or vulnerable to yeah. outside forces or, or they don't come up quite right away, right? Yeah. And so like maybe you start to feel sexual or maybe you start to feel playful and then something comes in and it just cuts it off, yes. right? And so you have to kind of give it enough space that those things can develop if they want to. Yes. And maybe they don't always and that's okay too, right? You're not trying to force it. This isn't like, okay, at nine o'clock, you and I in the bedroom, you know, what I mean? you know, yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, that is the calendar. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Nine ten, I'm on to my day. <laughs> that would be terrible. But but no, but I will say that by creating the space there for anything that we want as a couple, it's making it's given us the opportunity to want to spend that kind of time as a couple to just connect and quality time outside of those spaces too. Yeah. Which like it was, fosters it. Yes, it fosters, it fosters it. it. I think there's this line in in this book in mating in captivity that just like shocked me, but also like it's been with me since I read it. And she said she was giving the example of this couple where they were like young, young couple, newly married, a kid or two, like, I mean, you know, pretty fresh, still pretty young and like maybe with a kid or two. And she was exploring the the demands of domestic life and the demands of like keeping the house together and laundries and all that and how that's used as a as a thing for uh, postponing connection and quality time and, and sex, sex with your partner. And one of the women said to her, well, you know, the laundry is not going to do itself. And then Esther Barrow was like, oh, but sex will. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what? That is like mind bogglingly true. And it's like, it's, it's, it's just, it's great. It's a great book. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah. But I think this is a, a trick you can export to any area of your life that's important to you, but isn't getting done. Yes. Right. Is that we'll just schedule time for it. And it's amazing how sometimes like that plants the seed and then it'll like kind of sprout on its own. Yeah. It does something psychologically too. Like when you schedule time for it, you psychologically are kind of setting an intention Yes, uh, or something's happening there too. You get prepared too. for it. You know, yeah. it's like, it, it's, there's this, there's the and excitement and of it happening. And you're telling yourself it's important enough yes. to schedule time for. Yes. Yes. That's, that's huge. So there you have it. I think that's like, that's only one piece of the answer to the question. Uh, Cause we could have talked about so much more. Things. We actually did. We did another episode, which we're not publishing. <laughs> And we listed all the different things and we got to the end or we didn't even get to the end. We, of it. we got, got close to the end. We got like two thirds of the way through and we're just like, now. It's like a list. It, it, it was just sound a list. Good, There's but. so many, so many things, but this is one that I think has been really effective and it's really relevant for us now. And I think it's probably really relevant to where people are at. And, yeah. uh, even, you know, if this you don't, if you how, just don't want to kill your spouse. Yeah. Try some of these things. I, I haven't felt I haven't felt a lot of annoyance at you recently. Or at least when I do, it's so f- uh, fleeting. It doesn't stay. It's like, ugh. And then, and then I just realize, like, oh, whatever. You know, like, I can... High vibes, people. High vibes. Yeah. It's a practice. Yeah, we keep working at it. And uh, when, we, when we get it right, it's uh, really rewarding. And thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> We're so happy you're here every week. We cannot believe our luck that we get to do this. It's it's so incredible. 
There's three ways you can support this podcast. Yep. The first is you can uh, leave us a review. Yeah. That's really helpful. And we love reading your reviews on future episodes of the podcast. Yes. The second one is that you can share this podcast with a friend. Share this episode with a friend. Get a conversation going. We love that. We love to hear when you're doing that. Yes. It's, a, it's, it's really, really gratifying because this is all about having a dialogue. Yes. And the third one is you can support us financially by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash Couple. Yes, it's a great way to help the podcast. If you enjoy this, just know that this it takes a fair amount of work and a team of four people to put together every week. And so your support goes towards that. And you can support as low as $3 a month and you'll get access to all the goodies behind yeah. the paywall over like at Patreon. Cool exclusive content. Yeah. yeah, so we'd love to have you join the team. All right, well, we'll see you next week. Toodles! Toodles! Toodles!